You're listening to a podcast from 702. Polani on 702. 19 after 4, all right, then the public protector um, addressing the media a little earlier on, just letting us know about uh, one of the cases that she has been looking at. And this case involves wrongful disconnection of the Kumalo family in Cape Town after they reported a fully a faulty prepaid meter. Now, this is a very important issue um, around these issues of disconnection, prepaid, electricity, etc., etc. And I know this because in the run-up to local government elections in our town hall debates, in each and every one of them, there were issues about electricity. There were issues about connection. Um, there were issues about prepaid meters. So let's get some more details then about what this case was about and what was the finding by the public protection including remedial action. The public protector is on the line. Good to talk to you, Advocate Madonzela. Uh, thank you, Kwanami. It's great to talk to you. Good afternoon to you and to the listeners. Oh, much appreciated. Thank you for your time. So tell me a little bit about this uh, story surrounding the Kumalo family in Cape Town. As you have indicated, the case is about alleged wrongful disconnection of a prepaid electricity supply to the Kumalo residents and then hitting them with the tempering fine. And the the last general allegation is that the whole uh, saga was badly handled by ESCOM. My findings have confirmed that the disconnection was improper because it was preceded by maladministration by ESCOM in that the Kumalans reported a faulty meter shortly after the meter had been fixed. Admittedly, they had been responsible for tempering the first time around. After it had been fixed, a, a few weeks later, they reported that it was now faulty and allowing them to get free electricity again. ESCOM never showed up until 26 months later, when even then it was because the family had applied for another prepaid box. On arrival, then the ESCOM people discovered that the, the, the family had been getting free electricity and, and then hit them with a tempering fee. The family indicated that nobody reported that the, the, the box was faulty. Initially, Eskom denied they reported. Later, they found evidence that um, the family had reported and they'd sent a technician there who went there without arranging access and didn't find the family and never returned for 26 months. That's the first part. The second part was then the tempering fee. My finding was that Eskom has a right and a duty to impose those fines to make sure that people don't steal electricity. However, the process here was faulty. Just because somebody um, uh, is seen next to goats and has stolen goats before, you can't just decide they are the thief mm. and, and, and proceed to find them guilty and deal with them accordingly. They still deserve uh, administrative justice, which is a right to be told what, what have we done wrong and be given an opportunity to speak in your own defense. It wasn't given to this family. It was presumed that because they had tempered before, they must have tempered. What ESCOM relied on were two things. was that because previously they'd done this, um, uh, then they must have done it this time. The second reason they relied on was the fact that the box looked tempered. The Kumalas argued that the box looked tempered because 
the technician who had fixed it after the first tempering didn't install a new one as required and the box had never been sealed. In the evidence, we were never given a picture of the box after it was fixed. We were only given a picture of the box after it was allegedly tempered with. We couldn't then compare the boxes left by the technician and the box that was discovered in the process. And in in those circumstances, we could not understand why then ESCOM could not give this family the benefit of doubt, given the fact that it had reported. ESCOM says it did so because people steal electricity and it costs ESCOM billions. But then you ask yourself, how do you do nothing for 26 months when somebody has told you that they're using electricity without paying because their meter is faulty? And that's the third red card that says ESCOM was wrong in not doing something for 26 months because allowing people to use electricity illegally firstly makes it difficult to plan properly for how much electricity you need on the grid. And secondly, it places a burden on those who pay for electricity to carry the ones who don't pay. Wow. All right. This may not just be applying to the Kumalo family. It may very well apply to other families out there. Uh, What was the remedial action then? There's several remedies. The the first one is obviously to apologize. Uh, No, no. The first one was to reconnect, but they've now reconnected. The second is to... uh, to quantify the amount consumed by the family. Even though Nessa said they shouldn't pay, we believe that they should pay fair value because we still don't want to to encourage people to use electricity they're not entitled to. And then to to cancel the tempering fine because that's presuming them guilty and that must be cancelled. There's also systemic remedies where we're asking them to review their SOPs to ensure that when somebody is sent away to go and fix the problem, they can't just record that the problem is not fixed and then not go back to fix it. And then nothing happens afterwards. They have to go there until the problem has been fixed and then report that when the matter is closed, it should be closed because the problem has been fixed. And then also the SOP has to make sure that people are given the right to defend themselves. If they are found uh, in suspicious circumstances, that shouldn't be enough to just convict them. There has to be a process where they can answer for themselves and then be held accountable based on evidence. Because you want people to respect the system. When people feel the system is unfair, you encourage criminality because then people blame the law as unfair instead of uh, taking responsibility for their own actions. Okay. Let me just move to another issue. Of course, at the same time as you are presenting your findings and remedial action on this issue, the SABC's Claudio Mutsuaneng and the board chairman, etc., were addressing the media about Claudio Mutsuaneng's new position. Um, one of the things, by the way, that they've said is that the public protector is interfering because um, they, she has no right to tell them who to appoint and who not to appoint. What is your view on what is going on there? Well, firstly, I am the public protector, at least for the next in, in the next 14 days. And it is my duty to investigate any alleged or suspected improper conduct. 
the SABC is aware that there's an investigation that has been taking place for some weeks now where there are lots of allegations against Mr. Mutsuning, including taking over that very same portfolio that he's now allegedly been given and allegations of improprieties regarding appointments and, um, and, and, and award of tenders. Secondly, in the previous investigation, I found Mr. Mutsuning to have been dishonest. SABC has still not held him accountable because it established a process, a charade disciplinary process, that asked questions that should not have been asked because whether or not he had lied was not the issue. That question had already been answered in the report that he lied. Now the courts have confirmed my report. What the SABC needs to do is to implement that report. So that's the first impediment to Mr. Mutsuning's ascendancy. The second impediment is that there's this other investigation that is taking place with all sorts of accusations against him. It would be improper then at this stage to then give him a position whilst that cloud has not been cleared. So it pretty much is the same thing that happened when he was appointed COO because the courts have found that he shouldn't have been appointed because there were still processes outstanding. So a similar thing is likely to arise out of this, that he has now been appointed to GE Corporate Services when there are other allegations that are currently being investigated against him. Yes, they are. Well, the sad thing is all of the actors involved have allegations against them. And I suppose it's difficult because... The board is being alleged themselves to be having what I would unfortunately call a corrupt relationship because it says it's pre-procure. Mr. Mtoning is allowed to do as he pleases and the board gets to have as many seatings as it wants and it gets all other fringe benefits that it is not entitled Wow. That's an allegation. There's an allegation against the minister that he runs the SABC together with McFenning and nobody else is allowed, is, is, has any authority other than the two of them. Again, those are allegations. They're not truth. They're allegations. But I think proper governance would have required the minister and the board not to take any further action that cements Mr. McFenning's position sure. until these allegations are tested. And if, of course, they are unfounded, then they would be dismissed. All right. Advocate Tulema Donzella, for now, I must thank you very much. I'm completely out of time. But serious, serious allegations coming through there, particularly about the relationship between Claudio uh, Mutsuening um, and the board. Quid pro quo, possible corrupt relationship between the two? Gee. We'll talk to Claudio Mutsuening after five about all of these issues.